You're listening to Key Conversations for Leaders. This is episode number 21. Welcome, everybody. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about establishing boundaries and avoiding burnout with Fahim Musa. In this episode, we're going to be talking about overcoming the challenges of leading a remote team, the need for over-communication, and why we sometimes need to leave the feelings at home and just go to work, even if you work at home, and much, much more. It's the simple things that we do every day that determines our success. It's the routines, the rituals, the little decisions that we make, and the conversations that we have on a daily basis that build on each other to create momentum towards our vision. That's what this show is about. Better conversations for better leaders. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Key Conversations for Leaders. I'm your host, John Ryan, and today we have a very special guest, Fahim Musa. Fahim is the founder of Springboarders Management Consulting. He began his career in the manufacturing industry. After completing his MBA in 2007, he began working as a strategy consultant in Toronto and served a wide range of companies, including those in the Fortune 100. In 2009, he struck out on his own and started a consulting practice, helping small and mid-sized companies grow their businesses. He has since shifted his focus to helping independent consultants and boutique firms build a sales pipeline and grow their business as a leader of leaders. Welcome to the show, Fahim. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, Fahim, you've been working remotely as a management consultant since 2009. You know, what was it that made you decide to go remote instead of working on site? Well, that's a good question. You know, it all happened by accident. Uh, my first management consulting gig um, for my own practice was with a university. And uh, so I had that gig and then I was looking for another gig. And when I found that second gig, it was for a virtual customer service and sales um, a company. And they'd been working virtually. So then their style was working virtually. And uh, that's how I started uh, uh, you know, consulting uh, remotely. It was funny because I still remember that it was a new concept for me, and you know, I was being trained by them as to how to work virtually, and I had to go, you know, buy a, uh, a speakerphone because I didn't have one. Because you know, back in the day, you had to, you know, call the conference line and then get on get on meetings and everything. I mean, there was no you know technology like this, like we're on right now, Zoom. So uh, yeah, that's how um, I got into it. A lot of companies these days are obviously shifting to remote because of the pandemic that we're in right now, the global situation that we're facing. And many companies who have never done that and, and maybe thought that it, it couldn't work. And, and you've been doing it for 11 years. Yeah. And now they're starting to do that. Is What is it that companies need to be thinking about as they go to maybe more hybrid or, or even more completely virtual teams? You know, I think what what I found really works with uh, with remote teams is you know you need to, you need to over communicate. Um, what happens when you work remote is that uh, you know especially when you when you're uh, used to working with uh, people around you in an office setting uh, is that you know communication it happens it, it's it's far it's it's much easier. But when you get to a remote setting, what happens is you know you get to, you obviously don't uh, um, have that face-to-face connection. When I say face-to-face, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's a human-to-human connection because you're so far away, even if you're using video. So what happens is that, you know, you tend to miss the nuances with, uh, in terms of communication. And sometimes 
there are issues related to that. So, you know, when companies are, right, you know, if you, when they want to go remote, I feel that they need to sort of uh, be mindful of the fact that, uh, um, you know, communication can get challenging and, you know, the, you need to over-communicate a lot to your team. So that's the first thing. That's the, that's the big, that's the big uh, idea. And everything, you know, the technology and all that stuff flows from that. So the big piece is communication. So really over-communicating and what happens when they're not over-communicating? What have you seen or experienced? Well, things can go, you know, things can be taken the wrong way. Um, typically, when you send out emails, for example, um, the tone is missing from emails, right? There's uh, written, uh, written communication can be very clear, yes, but there's, uh, but tone is missing. So sometimes people may take it badly or they might be, they might have some kind of, they might, they might you know, think that the intent of the email is something else. So that is, uh, you know, that happens when you don't, you don't communicate. That's happen, that happens when typically in a, in a remote setting, even if you, you know, and, and typically when you're using a system like Basecamp or Slack, for example, everything is like written and in chat and, and all that. So uh, that can go awry sometimes if, you, if you're not careful. So the tone gets missing and is missing, and therefore there's miscommunication that can happen in, in that regard. Is there such a thing as over over communicating? Can you do it too much? No, I think you can. I, I don't think you can do it too much. I mean, that's my personal experience. And uh, when I say over communicating, I'm not saying that you know keep annoying people with uh, more and more emails. I'm just saying that you know try and uh, you know try and be as clear as possible or if you feel that you know if you reread your email for example and uh, you uh, you feel that you could have communicated it in a better way then uh, you know uh, send a voicemail for example I'll give you an example uh, back in the day I, I had a client that uh, you know um, there, there, were, there were a couple of deliverables that I that I had to uh, um, you know uh, provide and you know and the client and I had, you know, every, every person has uh, his or her own preference in terms of communicating what to what tools. Some people like email, some people, you know, just don't like to talk and some people like talking on the phone. And, you know, this particular client uh, didn't like talking on the phone, but he, he liked leaving voicemails. Okay. So he would, uh, he had a habit of working late at night and, you know, leaving voicemails. And because of that, you know, uh, there were a couple of things that, um, you know, just to make a long story short, there was there was some a bit of miscommunication over there, and uh, you know, so a couple of deliverables were uh, lost in the in the maze or or in so of those voicemails back and forth. So uh, this was this was getting a little uh, tedious for me. So you know, in one of those voicemails, I said that look, I, I we need to talk, right? And we need to. You know, there are these couple of points we've gone back and forth, uh, you know, many times, but. Uh, um, you know, this is uh, something that uh, may lead to, to more confusion. So let's just get on the phone. Let's just put it in the calendar and, uh, and, le and let's talk. So that's, that's an example of over-communicating, like saying something when you really want to say it, right? And not, uh, um, not holding back because you feel, you anticipate that this might become a, a larger issue. 
So I'm hearing a couple things. One, that over-communication really is just being vigilant about communication, yes. that you can certainly under-communicate and you can have unnecessary details in communication too, but finding that sweet spot and being intentional about what is the best form of communication for this. Is this text? Is this email? Is this a phone call, video, yes. or even in some cases, a a voicemail to, to, to make that happen? So if my preference is phone, and the other person's preference is text or voicemail in that, in that one situation. Do I have to be flexible in communicating in the way that they want to communicate? Or do they have to be flexible in communicating the way that I want to communicate? How, how do you navigate those types of things? So it depends on, you know, for me, I'll tell you, because I'm a consultant and I just mirror the client, right? If, uh, if like right now, just before getting on the, uh, on, uh, on the call with you, I was texting a client and that particular client likes the text. Okay, and uh, you know that's how uh, they feel it's important. I, I, I mirror the client, so uh, I start with that. But if I feel that there's something that I need to communicate and I, I, I can't get it through via text, now I, my, my um, uh, preference of communication when, while working remotely is through video. I use a bunch of uh, you know, different video tools which we can get into later on. Uh, but uh, if I have to say something, or specifically if I have to show something, then I, I uh, get on video, I record my screen, uh, I, I do a screen share, and I uh, send that information. Because uh, I feel that uh, you know, uh, uh, with all the tools that we have, and especially with the kind of consulting I do, like I help consultants to uh, grow their pipelines. So there are tools, very different types of software that we use. Sometimes I have to take my clients through that and, I, and you know, make, make sure that they're using the features properly. So uh, if I feel feel that they need more than just you know a simple text i would uh, i would just hop on video and i would uh, text them saying that hey I've, I've sent you an email go check it out so but to answer your question i mean uh, it totally depends uh, you know uh, on uh, on what the relationship is with the individual now if you if it's a coworker um, I, I, I'm comfortable. I'm so comfortable with, with remote and communication right now that you know I can even mirror a coworker. I don't have to, you know, just because it's a, you know, I'm a colleague. Uh, I don't expect the other person to. Uh, I don't expect the other person to sort of um, uh, follow my style. If a coworker is um, uh, or a colleague is uh, comfortable with uh, with text or even the, even the phone, I would just mirror that. I, I don't mind. I mean, as long as, because, because it, the larger picture here is that I don't want any miscommunication and that, that which we've discussed can so easily happen. Absolutely. What are some of the mindset changes that you think can help people when they move from, you know, working on site to working remotely? Um, I'll answer this from a, from a consultant's perspective, like, um, if you're, a, if you're a consultant or if you're working independently um, and you're working re, you know, remotely, um, I would say that you know, there's a tendency to feel less worthy just because you're serving clients remotely or just because you're doing uh, something remotely. Um, so if you're a consultant or if you're, uh, even if you're you know, working in a, in a firm and you're dealing with customers, don't feel less worthy just because you're serving clients uh, remotely. Um, so, you know, especially when you're a consultant, your value is a function of the result that you get for your clients. Or even when you're working for a company, for example, your value is the result that you get for the company or your, or your boss. 
So that's uh, that's a mind sh- mindset shift. I mean, nothing is nothing changes when you're working remotely. You just you 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 are expected to deliver whatever you're expected to deliver. But so but then there is a tendency of thinking that oh you know what it's it's remote. Uh, so maybe you know um, it's not as it's it's not as uh, you know good as the real thing. I mean, it's, there's no such thing as real thing. The only thing, real thing, if there is such a thing, is the result that you get for whatever work you're doing. So that's uh, um, that's that's the, the first uh, mindset piece, if you will. And secondly, when you're working remotely, you know, uh, I found it really um, useful to have a routine. Um, when you're working in an office, for example. Um, there is typically a routine, like, you know, you, you have to wake up, go to the office, commute, there's a specific time, etc. cetera. Um, so I, it's, it's important that, that, you know, that structure is, uh, helps in a way. So when you're working remotely, typically if, if you're working at home, uh, you know, in, in the times we're in right now, um, it helps to have a routine. It helps to have a start time. It helps to have, you know, a specific time when you, uh, when you have lunch, for example, or you schedule some breaks. Um, and, you know, it is still, uh, it's, it, is, it is a theoretical concept. I mean, you're still at home. But then if, even if you sort of make it work like 60 to 70% of the time, uh, as you have a routine, it, it definitely helps you in, in your work. Um, but here's the thing in terms of mindset. The, the, bigger, the biggest thing I'll tell you is that, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, I really enjoy my work. So if you enjoy what you're doing, you know, remote or in person doesn't matter. Um, so, uh, you know, in terms of a mindset um, um, a perspective, um, there's not a lot that you need, you will need to do if you really enjoy the people that you're working with, or you, you enjoy that you, the, the results that you're getting for your clients or any constituents. So um, that's what I would say. I mean, Make sure that you enjoy what you're doing. Make sure that uh, you are uh, uh, you're, you're in a place where uh, you know you enjoy you you enjoy the work. So, so three things I'm, I'm kind of picking up here. One is, um, as you said, focus on the results. It doesn't matter, you know, unless you're doing massage therapy. There's no more real in person versus being virtually because you're not. Touching your coworkers, yeah. right? You're working with them, and you can, and you have all the tools on the planet right now to to be productive and communicate, like you said. Set that routine, and even if you don't follow it 100, percent having that structure, 67 percent is still better than zero percent, I yes. suppose. And make sure it's something that's passionate, something that you're actually finding fulfillment in to keep you engaged. Because I'm so glad you brought in the routine, by the way, because when you shift from being an employee mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset, which is I think what a lot of team members are having to do right now is you, if you're in your own office by yourself, there's no one else around to tell you you need to work. It's all self-managed. Then if you don't have that routine, you can be you can be working all the time or working very little. How do you manage like productivity and avoiding burnout? And because you've been doing this for over a decade now. So, you know, I manage my time around my my clients and my kids. So back in the day, when, when I started the business, it was uh, 2009, I was single. So, you know, I realized that my energy levels were really up in the morning. So I got a lot of work done early in the morning. And, uh, you know, uh, after a quick workout, uh, I scheduled all my client calls uh, early in the morning. And like, you know, when you work remotely, you know, I have a lot of calls. 
uh, because that's the only way you know you communicate with me with clients and you know if you deliver coaching programs or training programs or consulting um, so all my client calls um, um, are scheduled in the morning and uh, so that but that kind of changed when you know I, I got married and I got kids and especially when the kids started growing up um, I uh, you know I had to drop them by drop them to school get them ready um, and you know my wife and I would take turns doing that but so when it was my turn you know um, I couldn't follow the same schedule right so then uh, what I did was I started working a little later in the morning and this is the, the best thing about you know working remotely and working in, independently it gives you discretionary time it gives you freedom so I can sort of uh, you know, uh, mold my day uh, depending on, uh, based on, you know, my family time and based on what was, uh, you know, important uh, personally. So um, in terms of managing my time, it, it always sort of uh, was done around my clients and, and, and my kids now uh, lately. Um, in terms of uh, burnout, so... Here's the thing, I mean, in, in, you know, sometimes, most of the time, you know, client work can be challenging. Um, in my business, for me, results are super important. I make sure that my clients get results. So if I have to put in some extra hours and, uh, you know, get the work done, then so be it. And sometimes, yes, it's challenging. I'm not going to paint a, a rosy picture on, uh, you know, what my consulting is and what, uh, you know, the type, type of work I do, sometimes it is, it, it gets, it gets challenging because, uh, you know, you don't plan for certain things to happen. And then there's, uh, you know, uh, there are deadlines you need to like, you know, uh, if you, if right now I, I create a lot of content for, for clients and they have to go out at a certain time. So, um, it does, it does get a bit challenging. So the way I, uh, sort of manage burnout is to make sure that I have a team that takes care of, uh, you know, administrative work and certain things that uh, I'm not uh, uh, required to do, right? Uh, I think that is, that is super important. Um, uh, for example, right now, like I, I mentioned, I, I create a lot of content and there's a lot of ideation involved. There's, uh, there's creating that content and uh, shooting videos, for example, that stuff only I can do, right? I can't outsource that. So I, I focus on that and I make sure that any uh, administrative tasks uh, over, over and above all of that uh, are outsourced. Because if I take everything on, then I'll definitely face burnout. Um, so making sure, so understanding what is, what's required for you to do and what's required and what you can sort of outsource, uh, that is key. So um, if someone's in, in, in the same boat, I would recommend just writing down all the tasks that you are doing currently and then, uh, you know, circling uh, tasks that uh, you know that only you can do and then figuring out the, uh, the rest of the tasks, figure out what, what you can outsource and what you can you know, build a small team. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you need, you need to spend a lot of money doing that. There's, there are so many avenues where you can spend a couple of hundred dollars and, uh, you know, buy productivity. Yeah, for lack of a, of a, of a you know, better term. Yeah, so that's how I, I look at it. Yeah, I think that that adage of only do the things that you're uniquely qualified to do and keeping that principle in mind, because it sounds like that's exactly 
what you're doing because if you're if you're doing if you're doing the videos and like we talked about even before the show the post production and the marketing and all these other things then you don't have the energy for the ideation which is really where your value add and your genius comes through are there any tips or suggestions that you have for leaders who are struggling managing their team from a distance so that would depend on what the struggle is right um so let's assume that yes their the teams are not engaged or they're struggling with uh yeah with motivation so i would again go back to the uh what we talked about earlier just over communicate and just uh you know have uh have an, a real open conversation with with the team about uh what the what the struggle is and uh you know um try and figure out a path to to addressing that so yeah i mean communicating over and up, communicating over and above what is required um anticipating um issues or anticipate let's, let's say there's a conflict between a couple of team members then what would you do um offline that you can now do online maybe you talk to people uh, you know one on one and uh, try and you know resolve or manage conflict that that happens a lot i mean that and that that's it is a bit challenging when you're trying to do that in a in a remote setting but uh, yeah i think it all comes down to communication and 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 at the end of the day i think that you know communication whether you're working remotely or whether you're working on site communication can resolve a lot of conflict can communicate can resolve a lot of uh, um problems and when i say communication i mean you know uh leadership i mean um in negotiation persuasion listening empathy all that uh, comes under uh, under communication and whether you're working on site or whether you're working remotely all those things matter and uh, they matter much more when you work remotely because of the issues that we talked about you know the lack of tone and the lack you know increase in distance and so on and so forth so i think that is what uh, i would say um in terms of for for leaders who are struggling with their remote team and the other thing is you know and this uh, the uh, the team that i worked with uh, the first client that i mentioned you know the virtual sales and customer service uh, uh organization they used to do a really nice they have used to have a nice way of uh uh you know making sure that they maintain the uh, you know the human touch and the and you know the connection and but that was a unique situation where you know all the remote all the members of their organization they worked um nearby which is you know in the province of ontario here so in different cities so that the team was spread out and you know every once in a while a couple of months uh, we would all get together um uh, and have like a you know an offsite or uh, just just or just get together at a restaurant or whatever and and, and connect and chat so that's a that that's a nice touch if you if you're able to do that then uh you you must because again you know bringing that that human connection is is so important but if you're not able to do that let's say your remote team is spread out uh, across the world um don't just have you know a virtual meeting where you have 20 different people on a zoom call for example and you know just because they're all um uh spread across the world uh that doesn't translate uh, a meeting with of 20 people in a live setting is different from a meeting with 20 people in a zoom setting even if if it's 20 people and you're meeting you know person to person in person uh, 
you know, people can talk to one another individually in that group itself, like get together and talk. But in a Zoom setting or a virtual setting, you can't do that. Like there'll be one person talking and, you know, there'll be a few people who are just silent. So uh, if, if you have a remote team that's spread out, then I would encourage more one-on-one communication uh, because then you can sort of, uh, you know, really get to know the person and get to know um, what the issues are between, uh, uh, you know, if there is any conflict resolution that you have to do and so on and so forth. So uh, I think the overarching idea is to simply get together with, with people and, uh, and again, uh, empathize, communicate, listen, learn, and, uh, you know, be honest and open, whether, you're, uh, whether your team is, is nearby or whether your team is, is spread out across the globe. It's a really interesting point that you have that when you're in that live setting. So if you're a remote team under normal circumstances, get together as frequently as you can to have that human interaction. Because the, the team bonding is not when you're sitting in the lecture or the presentation. The team bonding is before the event, on the breaks, while you're yes. grabbing food at the buffet, right? It's Absolutely. it's those yeah. types of things and networking that 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 doesn't happen on that Zoom meeting. I, and, and maybe we're exploring things that that we're trying to figure out right now in this world. But is there a way to capture that in the digital world? The one on one I get, but I feel like as a leader, I'm going to connect with you and you connect with me. And but the cross team connection, like, can that be achieved? Or is that really just the thing we're trying to figure out right now? Well, uh, I, I don't know if you can really replace the, uh, you know, in-person connection. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm putting you on the spot to say, to solve the world's problems right now. <laughs> well, you, you give me some, you know, uh, uh, you know, telepathic technology or, you know, uh, something like that, or, you know, a better, better technology with holograms and you know augmented reality. Sure, have, you know the person sitting next there. to you <laughs> through something. Then maybe we can get closer. But uh, you know the closest thing we have is video right now. Um, and uh, like you said, it's uh, even if if it's a large setting. I mean, uh, it's that in between time that you miss. Um, but with the, with more one on ones. You can, you know, that's the closest you can get. And still, it's not, it's not fully, uh, it's, not, it's not the same. It's ne- it'll never be the same. I mean, we, when we shouldn't try and replace, uh, you know, have the same kind of uh, interaction that we have, you know, in person and try and replicate that. It's never going to be the same. But I think that we should just make the best with the technology we have right now. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I'm going back to communication. I'm going back to you know really listening and empathizing. Uh, that stuff, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to improve that um, because of the constraints that we have right now. Uh, but we uh, and and I think there's an opportunity to improve all of those skills. And then once we're back, you know, uh, once all of this ends and we're back to like in-person events. We should find that you know our our general communication skills have improved because of these constraints. So I would again go back to the whole communication piece. And I think that's a fair point. And it's not like you can say that in-person communication it has advantages. It also has disadvantages. Some advantages of email or texting is you have time to think of your response. The disadvantage of that is you lose tone, like you mentioned. So there's pluses and minuses in, in both directions. 
what are some of the best tools that you have found that you know minimizes those disadvantages or, or really just enhance productivity and connection in a remote work setting? So I've been using Basecamp for the longest time, for 12 years. So Basecamp is a pretty, I'm sure you've uh, used it before and uh, a lot of your uh, listeners will be aware of it. Uh, I think it's a pretty you know, simple, neat tool. It, uh, it, it's uh, easy to use and it sort of keeps all the, your messages and everything in one place. So um, for, as a basic sort of you know, overarching tool for, for project communication, team communication, I think the, uh, Basecamp is a good tool. There are others as well, but uh, this is what I use. I don't have any experience using too many other similar tools because you know, Basecamp has always worked for, for me and uh, you know, uh, my team. The other thing that I, I've started using lately is, uh, uh, you know, is video. So awfully, I mean, uh, last few years, we've, uh, we've, you know, video has become, video communication tools have uh, really uh, uh, proliferated. And uh, you have tools like, let's say, Loom. Loom is a tool that I uh, came across. And there's, uh, you know, other tools like BombBomb, which does the same uh, uh, thing where you can simply create videos, screencasts, even uh, of yourself speaking, and then with a click of a button, just send it off to your team member or even a client and, uh, you know, communicate that way. So that's something that I use a tool called, right now I use a tool called Story Express. Um, and uh, it's a, it's, it has a similar, similar functionality. It's uh, where you can, you know, shoot, uh, create screencasts and, and, and the like. And I find it so easy. I find it so easy, simple. I, I, it's something that I, I find indispensable right now because it also saves a lot of my time. Instead of writing a long email with, with my response, I can simply shoot a two-minute video and send it off to a client and say, hey, look, this is what I meant. And especially like we were talking earlier, if I had to take my client or even uh, my assistant through some detailed um, um, uh, presentation of, of a tool that I'd like them to use or, you know, a, a specific way I'd like to, to use, uh, have them use a tool. Um, it's so easy to, to, uh, to send instructions through, through such tools. So that's something that I use. Um, I do use Slack a little bit as well uh, for, some, some, for some client teams, you know, because they use Slack, I use Slack. That's uh, a tool that uh, is, is pretty handy as well. But, uh, you know, I can't live without uh, Basecamp. I can't live without uh, my uh, video tool, Story Express. And of course, you know, email. I try and minimize email, but uh, you, know, you can't live without email. <laughs> can't live without email. I'm, I'm with you. So in, in that regard, so we think of Slack, Story Express, and, and Basecamp, as, as well as, of course, the, the email. Are there any conversations, like how do you decide when a conversation has to be done in one of those uh, text-based tools, video-based tool, or if you're going to get on the phone and really have a, a in-person, real-time conversation? Yeah, it depends on what the question is, or what the purpose, or the intent of the, uh, you know, of the, of uh, you know, why you're communicating. So if it's a quick um, response, maybe a, a, a client texts me and I have a very quick one-line response, I would just text back. But if I have to, if I feel that 
you know, they need proper instructions or they're doing something which, uh, you know, is not uh, the right way to do something, then I would send a video because uh, then there's no ambiguity as to what I'm saying. And uh, especially if I have to show something to, on the screen. Uh, I hardly ever, you know, take a video of, of myself and uh, send it across. Uh, no one, nobody would like to look at my face. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, you know, but the screen is important. If I'm taking them through, let's say, if they've sent me something to review or if I've, you know, because I do a lot of marketing work and I do a lot of copy work, I teach them how to, you know, write a good copy and to like create offers that, that sell. And if I'm reviewing something, then I would share my screen and I would review them step by step. So it totally depends on what the intent is. I mean, I, in an ideal world, I, I, if I could just text everybody one line, I, mean, I, would, uh, I would just do that. But, you know, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you have to give detailed instructions and, you know, uh, have that, um, you know, show them rather than tell them. And that case, in those cases, I would, use, uh, I would use video. Or even if it's email, if it's, you know, a couple of paragraphs or something which I can just quickly uh, get it done over email, then I would do that. So it sounds like efficiency and also probably gravity of the content yeah. that goes into that. Now, and of course, we're here at Key Conversations for Leaders, and conversations are really everything from a leadership, training development, and, and psychology tool. What do you think, just thinking back on, on your career, is there any like one conversation that you feel that you've ever had with a client or someone who had with you that, that may have shaped your personal and professional career more than others? Well, you know, um, my philosophy in life in terms of learning is incremental learning. I don't, I can't recall any major conversation that has been really, really life-changing or career-changing, um, but I can recall a lot of, you know, small conversations with clients and also with mentors that uh, sort of, you know, help me tweak and sort of improve incrementally and, uh, and really understand what it is I'm trying to achieve. Like, so for example, with clients and also in shaping my own um, path in, in my career, in my, in my business, uh, as a business person, you know, every few years, you, you constantly have to reevaluate your, your offering, your positioning and your communication. You know, you, you can't just do it once and then let it go you know things change circumstances change markets change um industries change so you know every conversation that i have with a client i i listen intently as to what their fears are and what their frustrations are and what they feel they really need so you know i can't really think of one conversation but you know every conversation i mean i can think of I mean, I, can, I can't really think of all the conversations, but I know that I've had, you know, hundreds of conversations with clients that have helped me sort of move the needle in, in, in small ways. Um, I'm sorry I'm not giving you that, that one, you know. No, you're doing great. <laughs> that, that one sort of def yeah. definitive story. Uh, but uh, it's just a, a lot of small, small conversations that, that have helped me improve my business. I can I can think of one story if if uh, if you will, uh, back in the day when I you know was helping my father in my manufacturing business, uh, you know I was about twenty I think when I started and uh, 
one day, you know, it was a tough like, a situation we were in. You know, we had, uh, you know, lots of challenges. And one day I didn't just, I didn't feel like going to the, to the, to the manufacturing plant. And, uh, you know, so I was just hanging around at the, at the house. And he asked me, why aren't you at work? And I said, I don't feel like it. So he just looked at me very matter-of-factly. And he told me very kindly, leave your feelings at home and please go to work. You know, so that's something that I've, you know, I, that's, that's probably one conversation where I always, you know, remember every day is different. And sometimes you don't feel like doing the things that you have to do in order to move your business forward. But, you know, feelings are, are, have to, have to be kept separately. There's a job to do every single day. So you got to keep those feelings aside. I'm not saying you disregard, you know, your feelings, but, uh, you know, keep those feelings aside and do what you have to do every day, show up and do the work. So um, that's a conversation that I remember. And uh, yeah, I wish I will not forget. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for digging deep and, and pulling that out. Such a great lesson as well. Thank you. And, and Fahim, thank you so much for spending the time with us. What's the best way for people to you know, get in touch with you and stay connected? Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm, I'm really grateful uh, that you took the time and you know, it was great uh, having this conversation. In terms of getting in touch with me, um, I think the best place would be to add me uh, on LinkedIn. Just search for my name and uh, send me a note saying that you were on the show and uh, you know, I'd love to connect with you. Excellent. Thank you so much, Fahim. Thank you so much. To connect with Fahim, you can find him on LinkedIn, as you said, and I'll put a link in the show notes. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, develop yourself, empower others, and lead by example. Thanks for listening to Key Conversations for Leaders with your host, John Ryan. If you enjoyed the show, please let us know. Give us a rating or write a review. If you have a question, you can send me an email to john at keyconvo.com. And if you haven't already, connect with me on Twitter at Key Convo or on LinkedIn under John Ryan Leadership.